Welcome to About Faith with Alec Klein. I'm honored to be your host of this weekly half-hour program airing on HLE Radio every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central and replayed Sundays at 5 p.m. Central. We'll be hearing inspiring stories from people from all walks of life sharing with us their journey to faith. Today we're with Mark Imboden. Mark's story is, I don't even know how to put it, uh, heart-wrenching. It's its real, it's raw, it's powerful. Let's get right to it, Mark. Uh, please take us back to uh, the beginning. Well, Alec, I think, thank you, first of all, for having me on. I think instead of starting at the beginning, I'm going to start in the middle of this story <laughs> where, I'm a, where I'm a 30-year-old man, highly depressed, a professing Christian, and I'm a Christian at this point, but with a gun in my mouth trying to commit suicide. So how did I get into that state being a Christian? Backing up as a young child, I was raised in a Christian home, had no issues. My brother and cousin came back from Vietnam in the late 60s, and at that point, I got into drugs, not because I was depressed, not because I had a lousy home life. It was just I was a wild, young kid with no sense. So uh, that's where I first got into drugs. Uh, when I was in the military, I was 19 years old, and I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, and during doing training. And at that point, I made the mistake of picking up a couple of hitchhikers and taking them to my home, and we were just going to party. Well, when we got to my house, they offered me a four-way hit of orange sunshine, which is, if people don't know what that is, it's acid. And I had never experienced acid before, just did marijuana and speed and the drugs of that day. Uh, and acid was into that mix, but I had never done any of that. So what happened was when I took that acid, it really, instead of a beautiful, exhilarating trip, I went on a huge nightmare. I was losing my mind. I didn't know what to do. I ran to a buddy's house. He ran me to a military base hospital. The last thing I remember is they strapped me to a table and shot me full of drugs. And the next morning, I woke up in a psychiatric ward, scared to death. It took me about two years to get over that experience, Alec, because if I had to describe it, a spirit of fear entered into my life that day. I didn't know what it was at the time other than I was in a state of paranoia. Up until that time, as most young people, you feel invincible and nothing's ever going to happen to you. Well, that shook me to my core, and it took me about two years to get over that experience using Valium and alcohol. I never turned to God, even though I thought I was saved. I'd walk the aisle as a kid and so forth. So let's fast forward about six years from that point. And I was at that time out of the military working in western Oklahoma in the oil fields. Uh, there was a strange emptiness that was gnawing at my heart because I had been raised in a Christian home. And in, in that, when I would work Sundays out in the oil fields, the only stations you could get were AM stations and nothing but Christian preachers on the radio. So I started listening to that every Sunday. And God was using that to stir me. 
it was during that time I told my wife, I said, I don't know anything about God, even though I was raised in a Christian home, and she bought me a Bible. And I started thought, thinking, well, to get to know God, you started Genesis, and you read through Revelations. Well, about this same period of time, I had this emptiness gnawing in me, and one day I'm driving down a road in western Oklahoma in the oil fields, and one day I'm doing my job, and in an instant, I have a what they call a flashback. I had never experienced one before, but that's where you trip back or you go back to that bad experience on drugs, and all of a sudden I'm back in Biloxi, Mississippi, having a flashback to that acid trip, and it shook me to my core. Fear gripped me. That spirit of fear raised its ugly head in my life, and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I'm reading the Bible. I've got a spirit of fear working in me, and So by the time I got to about Isaiah, I had such a distorted view of God because all I saw him was an angry God that was wiping out people for a whole lot less than I did. So on one hand, I wanted him. On another hand, I was afraid of him. So during this period of time, I joined the church, uh, the denomination that I was raised in. They knew how to get people saved. They believed the word of God, but they didn't know anything about demonic oppression or how to get people delivered. So it was August the 17th, 1978, that I realized that I wasn't saved. And I called the preacher and I said, get over here right now. I'm not saved. I know I'm not saved, and I'm getting ready to bust the gates of hell wide open. So he came over, and that day I bowed my knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him into my heart. So you would think, as a new believer, you accept Jesus and everything's going to be rosy. Well, it's not. That fear was working in me. The devil had a grip on me, and I didn't know it, didn't know how to deal with it. And I started having these twisted, dark, demented thoughts, and they were bothering me. And every day I I would say, you're going nuts, Mark. You're going crazy. What's wrong with you? Quit thinking like this. And I won't go into the what thoughts they were, but they were just nasty, demented thoughts. Well, gosh, I was going to ask you, Is there? can you give us a, a hint of what kind of thoughts were going through your mind at, at that time? They were twisted thoughts, uh, 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 sexual thoughts, uh, uh, just oppression, Thoughts against God, just all kinds of goofy stuff. Understood. And, and uh, so I uh, went to my preacher and asked him for help. And he said, well, just when these thoughts are coming against you, just rebuke them, rebuke the devil. So I started doing that. And so what happened was every day I was talking to the devil and I was rebuking him. And I didn't know anything about combating that with the word of God. And the Bible tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Also in the New Testament, Jesus teaches us that if we can have what we say, and if it's submitted to the word of God, or if it's submitted to your fleshly emotions, it can be good or bad. So all day long, I was telling myself, I was demented, I'm going crazy, and the preacher couldn't help me. After a period of time, he sent me to a Christian hypnotist that did work, and those two terms don't really go together. 
And then from one psychiatrist to another, one medication to another, till finally on the third psychiatrist, he started giving me shock treatments. So I would get shock treatments on a weekly basis. Mark, let me stop you there for a second. Are you talking about electric shocks? Electric shock treatments. They shoot you up with sodium pentothal, and then they shock your brain. And uh, it, they're, in my opinion, that's straight out of the pit of hell. It fries your emotional makeup. And uh, I took about a year of those treatments. And then after a year, I checked myself in a mental hospital and took them daily for about a three-week period to where after at the end of that three weeks, I couldn't remember why I was there. But two weeks later, the torment came back. And that's where I found myself on a bed with a gun in my mouth, trying to end it all because I couldn't take it anymore, screaming out to God. And I tried to pull the trigger, and I just couldn't. It was like my hand was frozen. And I cried out to God, why won't you let me finish this hell? I can't take it. And that's where I got to that point. Now, how did God get me out of that point? Let's go to the rest of the story. I was going to a church at that time, heavily oppressed, still trying to seek God, but not doing too good. And a woman comes up to me at church one Sunday, and she could see right through me. And she said, her name's Norma Murray. She lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I call her my spiritual mom. Uh, She uh, came up to me, and she looked into my eyes, and she says, Mark, God loves you. And I said, oh, I know he does, kind of flippantly. And then she just, it was like her eyes were piercing into my soul. And she says, no, Mark, he really does. And I said, can I talk to you? So I got with this woman. She had had similar experiences with the shock treatments and different things. And she told me that day, God is not doing this to you. The devil is trying to destroy you. And Alec, up to that point, even though this denomination I was going to, good people, knew how to get people saved. They had some twisted ideas within their own system. And so I was up until that point, I had Christians telling me, you must have hidden sin in your life or you wouldn't be going through this. Or God's just trying to break you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, excuse the expression, I thought, hell, I'm already broken. I don't need to be broken anymore. I need to be healed. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. That uh, that was where I was. But this woman, she gave me hope and helped me to see a different perspective. And she started feeding me uh, Word of Faith tapes, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Back then, the full gospel uh, businessmen's association was big, and they were all big into what we call the word movement or the faith movement of learning God's word, speaking God's word, and so forth. And that began my turnaround. It was slow. It took, from that point, it still took several years because I had to totally renew my mind to think like God thinks. And I had lost all trust in God. I was fearful of him. I wasn't seeing him as a good, loving God. And so after about 18 months of going to different meetings and so forth and slowly getting some some of my footing on the ground. I yeah. got filled with the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, would 
the from from our perspective, filled with the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in other tongues, and that gave me a renewed strength and opened my eyes more to the Word of God. I was on this path. Oh, go ahead. That's an it's it's amazing. Uh, this how many years overall did this take to get to this point? To that point, uh, from when the flashback occurred, was probably about four years. Wow. So it was a long process. It wasn't until after after the shock treatments and everything else, and you know, I came to the point of I'll never go back to another psychiatrist. I'll blow my brains out before I do that. And then shortly after that, God had Norma Murray come into my life and point me in the right direction. And so I remember learning to confess the word of God. And my point was I was mentally unstable. I was in a fog all the time. I felt like I had a clamp around my brain. It just ached all the time and uh, couldn't see straight. So one of the first scriptures I started confessing was God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound, clear-thinking mind. Well, when I first spoke that out, there was no reality in my life at that time, Alec. But I would speak it out, and the minute I would speak that word of God out, it was like the devil was right there on my shoulder yelling, you're a liar, that's not true, you know that's not true, you're lying. And But I had to just force myself through that and keep speaking it out loud because we know that the word of God is living, it's alive, it's full of power, and if you mix faith with it, things happen. Well, it took me a while. I I guess you could say I faked it until I made it because (laughs) I was speaking that word, but it was anything but real to me. But as I continued to feed my spirit and continue to speak the word of God and go through things, Things got slowly better. I remember it was 1983, probably a year and a half after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was laying in bed one night in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and I was crying out to God because I was somewhat better, but I still couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I still couldn't see being totally free, and it was... I thought I was dreaming at first, but then I came to find out later it's what they call an open vision because I was seeing things, but I wasn't asleep. And God gave me a vision. And this is a a powerful vision, Alec. This is, I was laying in bed crying out to God, when is this hellhole ever going to end? And all of a sudden, I'm in an operating room. And I don't know if you've seen these old movies, but where, you know, there's the operation room and then up above there's glasses and the people are observing the operation, you know, from the glassed area. Maybe they're medical students or whatever. Right. And anyway, so I'm in this room and I'm laying on a table and I'm looking up and I can see this observation area up there and the bright lights above me and... Then all of a sudden, I'm in the observation area, and I'm looking down, and I see myself on this table. So I'm going back and forth between this picture. 
As I'm laying on the table, I feel the presence of Jesus come up behind me. And then all of a sudden, I'm up in the observation booth again, and I'm seeing Jesus walk up behind me. As he walks up behind me, he doesn't say anything. He takes his hand, and he touches my head. And as he touches my head, his fingers disappear in through my scalp, and he physically removes my brain. And then he turns, and he walks over to the side of the room. And there's another stainless steel table at the side of the room with a huge those huge, big family Bibles you see sometimes in people's homes, you know, that are opened up on a display. He takes my brain over there, and he actually dips it into the pages. And as he lowers it into the pages, his hands disappear. It never comes out the backside, and it goes clear to his elbows. And as he reaches back up out of that word of God, there's just water dripping off of my brain and he stays there for the longest time and he goes in and out of those pages in and out of those pages water pouring off of it each time he comes out after a period of time he slowly turns he slowly comes back behind me and he reinserts my brain into my head and boom that was the end of the vision Immediately, immediately, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he says, Son, you are going to be totally healed, totally restored by the washing of the water of the word. And that's in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And I, that gave me such hope at that time, Alec, and I held on to that vision. And from there, God led me to go to a Bible college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rhema Bible Training Center. And it was a two-year college at that time. I believe it's four now, but at that time it was two years. And I remember, Alex, sitting in class every day getting fed the Word of God in faith and power. And I was receiving that into my spirit. It was just like I was drinking water. And I remember actually sitting in class on certain days, and it felt like water was flushing over my soul. I could literally almost feel water flooding my brain and my soul and my whole being. And God was washing me with the water of the word. After that first year, I can't pinpoint a time or place, but sometime during that first year, every, every symptom departed from me, and I knew for the first time in, since I was uh, 19 years old, and now I'm 32 years old, that I was a totally free human being, and then I entered into my second year and got stronger and stronger, and from that day on, knowing that there is God's precious holy love and there is such power in knowing his word and combining it with faith and speaking it out of your mouth produces such powerful deliverance in a person's life mark that's uh, an incredible story has has any of those uh troubles returned to you since or have you been clear from all of that uh, ever since that time you know alec uh there there has been a time that it m- would try to come back on 
Um, and not often, but there has been a time that it tried to come back on. But I had, and, and it was more of a, uh, how do I want to say this, more of an emotional feeling maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and when those feelings would come on or feel like I, that fear might be trying to come on me, I had enough strength in the faith of the Word of God to know how to combat it and to fight it and to deal with it. So it was like over the years as I got stronger and stronger, the enemy would come back occasionally, but it was just like water off a duck's back because you get stronger the more you stay in the Word of God, walk in his light. Your faith gets strength and you get strengthened and those things that used to be difficult to overcome are not even a temptation anymore. Hmm. Mark, how do you explain what happened? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, right? I mean, you talk about how you had picked up these hitchhikers and tried uh, acid, and and then all of the trials and tribulations after that with the shock therapy and so forth— uh, how do you explain this intense struggle, if you will, uh, when you look back on it now? You know, Alec, I think because um, I had opened the door to the devil uh, in such a dramatic way with this fear overtaking me, and I didn't know how to deal with it. And even though, you know, I became a Christian in the midst of it, um uh, the Christian circles, uh, and again, it's, it's, I'm not belittling that denomination, but those folks did not have, know how to deal with demonic oppression, and that's what was happening. The devil had his claws into my soul. Even though I was born again, uh, even though I accept Jesus, truly accepted him into my heart in August 18, 1978, if I would have died, I would have gone to heaven. But if the devil can't keep you out of heaven, he'll try to keep you from living a victorious Christian life and influencing others. And he had his claws into my soul through that spirit of fear. And I had no clue how to deal with it. And I just kept spiraling, spiraling into a hole of depression that I didn't know how to get out of. And so I was, you know, when man directed me to a psychiatrist and man directed me to medications and and uh, the shock treatments i was just searching for any avenue that could help not realizing i was at that time i was trying to deal with a spiritual problem through human means which doesn't work it was going to take the spirit of the living god his word his power his might to to break me free from the bond that satan or the chains that satan had on me well, if I could return, that reminds me to one part of your story. I didn't want to interrupt you as you were saying it, but you literally had at one point a gun in your mouth. Is that right? That's true. I mean, you were planning to end it all right in that moment. And, you know, can you explain to us that feeling? Because I think there's a, a sense of hopelessness that a lot of people feel from time to time. And uh, and how you were able to kind of combat that? 
You know, Alec, all I can say is by the grace of God that I didn't do it that night. I was, like I said, I was 30 years old. I'd been through all this. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was mentally, uh, my head hurt all the time. And I, I just couldn't see. I was so hopeless at the time. I couldn't see a way out. And suicide seemed to be the answer, you know, to end it. I'm just tired of this. I can't take it anymore. So I put the gun in my mouth. I had my finger on the trigger, and I literally couldn't move my finger. I was trying to, and I couldn't. And I, I finally screamed out to God, why won't you let me finish this? Let me pull it. And I literally couldn't pull it. And uh, and, and I didn't know. From there, I, I, it, it, what, thank God it wasn't long till. Norma Murray came into my life. And there was a couple of other people that were in that church. There was uh, my local pharmacist that was prescribing me these drugs. And he was a Christian man, and he was a believer. And uh, there was him and one other man. This pharmacist knew that I was messed up by these drugs I was taking. And they pulled a fast for me. And I didn't know it at the time. But later I found out that they fasted for me and for God's deliverance. And I think that probably sustained me. He brought Norma into my life and started me down the path of truth on God's love, on his word, the power of his word, learning to speak his word, pray his word, to break these strongholds that I was so bound up by. Well, thankfully, thankfully, it didn't happen that day. Uh, tell us where you are today in life uh, after all that you've been through. What's what's going on in your life today, and, and how does your experience, that harrowing experience, sort of inform the way that you live your life today? Well, you know, it, <laughs> it's kind of morphed over the years. You know, I was in the, the oil and gas industry for years and traveled all over the world and, you know, tried to be salt and light uh, wherever I've been. And the last few years, I'm mostly retired now. I still do a little contract work. But God has really uh, given me, me the, over the last few years such a heart for Israel and what he is doing uh, within the land of restoring Israel. He's already restored them physically, but he's in the process now of blowing breath into those dry bones and bringing them to life. And I am hooked up with ministries in Israel. I'm on the forefront of that. And uh, so I guess taking what I know of the word of God and applying faith to it, Speaking it out, God has been directing me, uh, I guess, for lack of better words, as a watchman on the wall. <laughs> and that, that's where I am today. It's, it's interesting because I, I suppose back in the depths of your despair, you couldn't have imagined where you would go and where you are today. Is that fair to say? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, back then, it just just being normal seemed uh, out of touch, you know. And I had been at that time in my life, I'd been through two failed marriages, and didn't couldn't see myself, didn't 
know if I would ever be well to own a home, to have a wonderful marriage. And God has restored all of that to me. I'm married to a beautiful, powerful woman of God, of faith. And uh, we've been together now 34 years, and she's uh, put up with me during all that time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, I have to say uh, your story is uh, inspiring. And I have a feeling a lot of us uh, can relate to your struggles and uh, and what you've been through, and and I, I hope it's an encouragement uh, to to others to see that you know even in our uh, darkest, deepest despair that there that there's a way out and there's a way forward. So I want to thank you so much for sharing with us this incredible uh, journey that you've been on. Uh, it's uh, it's humbling and and inspiring. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Alec. I appreciate it. And God has a good plan for each and every one of us, and His there's power in His Word. Thanks for listening to About Faith with Alec Klein. Please stay tuned for our next episode airing on HLE Radio every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central and replayed Sundays at 5 p.m. Central. We'll be hearing inspiring stories from people from all walks of life sharing with us their journey to faith. I'd love to hear from listeners. Please reach out to me through my website, alekklein.net. That's A-L-E-C-K-L-E-I-N dot net. Until next time, have a great week.